0: Well, Merry Christmas first. This is Pastor Allen, and as much as I want to be there physically with you, I'm not able to be there this evening. My family just recently found out that we have uh, the COVID-19. Uh, none of us are sick. Uh, we're all asymptomatic outside of one can't taste or smell, and that's what led us to test. Uh, today but uh, even though we 're not with you physically we 're there with you in spirit and we wanted to uh, be able to share the word of God and so thank you for coming uh, thank you guest and everyone that's here uh, and whether you 've been here for years or this is your first time we want you to know that you're loved here and hopefully you and the seat that you're sitting on had one of these cards and and if you uh, I want everyone here that's, that's come on our campus to fill this card out and fill out the bottom information at the end of the message i 'll share With you, what you need to do next with that card. Well, we're looking in Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9, and we're going to read some very familiar scriptures in verses 6 and 7. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. The Bible says, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace i got a question I want to ask you. How many of you watch Star Wars? You know, my kids for the past few years have been absolutely obsessed and maybe uh, you have Disney Plus or you have a family member that does and you uh, use their account. Uh, well, maybe you've been watching all the Star Wars. My family watched all the Star Wars ep- episodes and now they're watching all the spinoffs and there's been quite a few spinoffs over the past couple of years. And at the end of the month, uh, there's a new one, December 29th, The Book of uh, Fett, uh, Boba Fett. Sorry, I said that wrong. My kids would absolutely correct me. Well, hey, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, just ask any kid, any teenager, or any geek in the room, and they will tell you what it's all about. Well, one of the kind of the more popular spinoffs is a show that maybe you've heard about called The Mandalorian. And what has made that show so popular is this guy. You can see his picture right here. Uh, And one of the questions that people have had is, well, what is the child's name? Uh, What is his name? And so for many, it is baby Yoda. Well, my family actually kind of gave him his own name. Uh, We called him Yodi for a long time. Well, he is the son of the Jedi Master Yoda and uh, Yodel. And uh, so last year, the world was shocked uh, when Disney and Star Wars revealed The name of the kid, not Baby Yoda. His name was Grogu. And so there were a lot of memes on social media, a lot of things that happened. People were going nutso uh, because they didn't necessarily like the name Grogu. And so even to this day, people want to call him Baby Yoda, even though we know his name is Grogu. Now you say, Pastor, what does that have to do with Christmas Eve? Well, here's what this has to do with Christmas Eve. You know, when it comes to Jesus, people will call him and make him whatever they want. And a lot of people have a version of Jesus in their mind that's the Jesus of their own imagination. But Jesus is not who we say he is. Jesus is not what we make him to be. He is who he says he is. And that's what Christmas reveals, who he is. Well, Isaiah here is writing some 700 years before Christmas and that Bethlehem star. Isaiah tells the world that this child would be born and he would be a son that would be given and this child would be no ordinary child. He would be to us and he would be for us. Uh, The names of God that are mentioned here by Isaiah are Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And that's the one we're going to focus on this evening, Prince of Peace. In Jesus, our Prince of Peace, we see the peace that we really need and the peace that only He can give. So let's just walk through that real quickly. The peace that we really need. He is the Prince of Peace. That's the Hebrew word, Sar Shalom. Now, the question that maybe you have is that if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, well, where's all the peace? I mean, is Jesus a fraud? Instead of bringing peace to this world, it seems to be more divided than it's ever been. I mean, our world right now is filled with conflict and hatred, abuse and violence, strife, turmoil, crime, anger, war, and division. And if you don't believe me, just turn on the news or get on social media or just talk to someone on the street. It seems like things have not gotten better. Things have gotten worse. Bart Ehrman, who is a famous agnostic and is a scholar and professor at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill was asked this question, what would it take for you to believe in Jesus? His answer, if Jesus had fulfilled his promise to bring peace on earth. I mean, think about all the tension that we've experienced the past two years, starting with COVID-19, and then going through the cultural and political fighting that we've experienced here in our own country. If there ever has been a need for the Prince of Peace, it is now, and so the question is, what is, where is the peace? And to understand where is the peace, you have to understand the peace that we really need. The word peace here is the word shalom, and it can often refer to an appearance of calm or tranquility for either an individual or a nation. Peace can mean the cessation of hostility around us, but it can also not only mean a cessation of hostility around us, but it can also mean an inner calm and equilibrium inside of us. See, what we really need is, is more than just a cessation of hostility around us or inner calm and e- equilibrium within us. What really peace is getting at is spiritual harmony with God. And that's what Isaiah is talking about here. The Tsar Shalom, the Prince of Peace, is ultimately bringing us peace with God. I mean, think about it this way. What if all the problems in life really stemmed from our, our broken relationship with God? You know, deep down inside of every one of us is a sense of restlessness. We know something is not right in here, and we know that there is something missing in our lives, even though we may not exactly know what that is, there is a void, and we are anxious, we are restless, and we are dissatisfied. Robin Williams, who's probably one of the more funny people in history who sadly committed suicide at the age of 63, is quoted to say this, I have no peace, no quietness, I have no rest Only turmoil. I mean, even Tom Brady, who is mildly successful as an athlete, after winning his third Super Bowl for the New England Patriots, was interviewed by 60 Minutes. And here's what he said Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think that there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe people would say, Hey man, this is what it is. I've reached my goal, my dream, my life. Me, I think, God, it's Got to be more than this. And what else is there for me? Then the interviewer asked him, well, what's the answer? Brady looked at him and said, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. That's, That's why there's parts of me that is still trying to find out. Oh, what is it that Tom Brady, the, the man who you feel like would have everything he would ever wanted, would have satisfaction, why would it be that there's something missing in him? Well, what's missing in him is what the Bible tells us, is that what's missing in all of humanity when you're born is that deep longing to be accepted and loved by the one person whose opinion ultimately matters, the one who knows us, the one who made us, the one who created us, the one who rules the universe. See, all of us are born with a God-sized hole in our hearts and we are restless and we are fearful that we are not accepted and loved by him. See, God is the one that we are in conflict with. God is the one that we have offended. And the reason is, is that we don't want him to be in charge of our lives. We, We don't want to need him. We don't want anyone telling us what to do. We want to live our lives and decide what is right and wrong. See, sin is ultimately trying to live our lives, our way, without regard to God, and it's the universal condition of all humanity. And yet we are looking for love and acceptance, but we've turned away from the only one who can give us that love and acceptance that our heart ultimately needs. The irony is is that the more we turn from Him, and the more we turn to other things that we think will give us love and acceptance, the opposite effect actually happens. We feel exposed. We feel ashamed. We feel under judgment, and we become even more restless. You know, celebrities and self-help gurus will just tell you that you the only way that you can have peace is to just be true to your authentic self. That is, you be you. But you know what? You're your biggest problem. And I'm my biggest problem. And if you don't believe me, just ask my wife. She'll tell you I'm my worst enemy. See, we will never have peace with others and we'll never have peace within ourselves until we have peace with God. See, that's the peace that we really need, peace with God. But secondly, we see here the peace that only Jesus can give. See, Jesus came to this world to make peace with God possible and available. I mean, remember the words of the angels that sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased? Jesus was sent by God to end conflict so that we can have peace with God. You know, have you ever offended somebody or maybe someone has offended you? And and every time you see them, you kind of avoid them. So like if you're going to the store and you see them on the corner of your eye, you'll immediately turn down a different aisle. Or you'll try to avoid them altogether. Why do you want to avoid people like that? Because there's a conflict between you and them. And that's where the problem is. There's no peace. You're not right with each other. And so the issue between you is what's dividing and separating you and the only way for that conflict to ever end is for someone to make the first move you know some of you right now you're in conflict with somebody and and you're you're waiting for them to make the first move well maybe you need to make the first move listen you can't sweep it under the rug you can't repress the feelings you have to deal with it or there will never be true peace and there'll never be a right relationship and so Christmas tells us that God made the first move. Jesus came to be our Prince of Peace to bring us peace with God. And so how does Jesus make this peace with God possible? Well, he made the first move by coming to this earth, taking punishment upon himself, the punishment that we deserve for offending God. And the reason that you and I don't have peace is because we're in conflict with God. And the only way for peace to happen is forgiveness And the only way forgiveness is possible is someone has to pay for it. Now, let's think about it this way. Let's say someone steals $1,000 from you. That would be horrible. Well, they've sinned against you. They've offended you. And they've now incurred a debt of what? $1,000. Well, you have one of two options. Option one is you can pursue a legal route. uh, You can have them arrested. You can sue them to get back your $1,000. The other route is you can forgive them. Now, if you choose to forgive them, how much does it cost you? Well, it costs you $1,000. There's no such thing as free forgiveness. It always costs to forgive. And it doesn't matter how nice you try to make it, there's always going to be a price to pay in forgiveness. And for Jesus to make things right between you and God, he paid the debt that you and I owed God for our sins. And how did he pay it? He didn't broker peace through compromise, he brokered peace through his cross. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, and so Jesus paid all Our debt personally. Jesus went through hell so that you and I could go to heaven. He took upon himself the punishment he did not deserve so that we can have the peace of God and the peace with God that we do not deserve. See, Jesus paid our debt in full and now we are forgiven. You know, I've said this before, if you've ever paid anything off, it's owed to you. There's just really no greater joy than knowing your debt is paid because you no longer have to repay it. You no longer have to send in checks in the mail. You are freed forever from that debt. It's been paid in full. That's what Jesus did. All the sins of your past, all the sins of your present, and all the sins in the future have been paid for by Jesus so that you can have a right relationship with God. Jesus has done absolutely everything necessary for you to be right with God. And when you have peace with God, you are no longer an enemy combatant. You are a child of God. When God sees you, he doesn't see and look at you with disdain or disgust, but he looks at you with love and with joy. You are loved and accepted in the eyes of the only one whose opinion ultimately matters, and you no longer need to fear. You have peace with God, and that peace with God helps you experience the peace of God. That inner calm and tranquility inside, despite the chaos outside, when all the world is falling apart, you're not. It's just like right now with what's going on in our world. And even now that I am, that I have this COVID virus, I'm not uh, worried. I'm not distraught. I have the peace that passes all understanding inside of me. When you have a right relationship with God, the world may be falling around you and falling apart around you, but you're not. See, peace is not always the absence of conflict, but it's the presence of joyful tranquility. And peace with God gives us peace within ourselves, even when we have problems. And you can have peace, and your problems will not have you. And so Jesus came to give you the peace that you really need. You know, everyone is looking forward to next year. Everyone is thinking that a calendar change will automatically put the world back into the way it should be. But a change of calendar cannot bring peace to this world. Only Jesus can. And one day, the peace that we yearn for will finally come. Peace on earth will come and we, it, we will have it in final. See, the baby that grew to die on the cross also rose from the dead. And he is one day coming back to his world, not in the weakness as a baby, but in power as a king. And one day, on that day, this child will restore the earth to the way things it is meant to be. He will right all wrongs. He will end all diseases. He will restore all justice, and peace on earth will be a reality. See, Jesus is the Prince of Peace, but you will only get his peace on his terms and not yours. See, Jesus' terms are full and complete surrender. What does it mean to surrender? Well, it means to stop fighting. It means to stop running. And it means to fall into the mercy, love, and grace of God. Stop trying to white-knuckle life and fall into the arms of your Father. Fall into the love of Jesus. You know, one of my kids... Is very strong willed. Maybe you've got a kid like that. And, and this kid will argue with you until he is blue in the face. And so the other day, he did something wrong, and I saw him and I called him out on it. And, and I told him, hey, son, you did this. And, and he looked at me and, and he just, as, as, as much as he could, said, I didn't do that, Dad. I didn't do that, Dad. There's no way I did that. And I said, son, I just saw you do that. Go to your room, you're grounded. Well, he stormed off, slammed the door. I know that's great parenting. He sat in there for a little while. I was sitting in the living room. And then all of a sudden, the door slings open, and he just comes in, and he was broken. And he just gets on my lap and looks at me, and he says, Dad, I'm sorry. You know what I did? I gave him a huge hug, and I told him that I loved him. See, there's no need to fear surrendering to a God who loves you and wants what's best for you. You you may be saying, no, I've not done anything wrong. I've not done anything wrong. I've not done anything wrong. But your father knows best. But if you come to that place where you realize that you have offended him, that you've lived for yourself, that you've been running from him, and if you will just admit that you have sinned against your father, And if you will come to him through Jesus, he will give you a hug of grace. He will be your prince of peace. He will turn your mourning into dancing. He will change your life because you'll have a right relationship with God. And that is the peace your heart is longing for. And so tonight, I believe God is moving. God's message to you tonight is this, is just stop running and surrender to Him. Stop trying to figure out life and just trust Him with it. And so I want to give you an opportunity. If you're in this room or you're watching online, I want you to come to that place in your life where you realize that you need Him. And so every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity. If you would love to trust Jesus as your Savior, if you know in your heart that you're not right with God, that there's this hole in your heart that you've been longing to see filled, would you bow your heads and pray with me a prayer like this? Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I have been living for myself. God, there is something missing in my life. And I believe that what is missing is not what, but who. It's you. And so, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. And today, Jesus, I ask that you forgive me of my sins and that you save me. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray that if you just trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior that you would let us know. You know, everyone in this room is going to make a decision. And so if you'll get that card out that, that I shared with you earlier, if you would, if, if you would just look at this card, there, there are four letters I want to talk to you about. Everyone in this room, whether you've been a part of First Baptist for years or this is your first time, I want you to fill this out. And, and if you are already a believer but you have some prayer needs, would you just write the letter A in that box and just... Just fill out whatever prayer needs on the back if you have one specific for us to pray for. Maybe you're here and you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, but you need to be baptized. You've never publicly made that known through baptism. Well, would you just put the letter B? Or maybe you, like others, have put your faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time tonight. Would you write the letter C? Would you have the boldness to write that letter C so that we can contact you and help you with your next steps? Or maybe you're here and you say, I don't have a decision today. You can write the letter D and just fill that out. And then here's what I want you to do with this. As you leave, there'll be ushers. There'll be a box that you can put these in. Or you can just leave these in your seat face down. And one of our ushers will take them, put them away. And our pastors will work diligently over these next few days to contact you and help you with your decision. Well, church family, I love you. I wish I could physically be there with you. But let us pray one more time, and then we'll continue in our time together. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the gospel. And I pray that everyone in this room has a Merry Christmas. In Jesus' name, amen.